Hello and welcome to My Life on the Line, a podcast by RefCoach. I'm Jack and as always I'm joined by Ale. On this podcast, we show the humans behind the whistle, through the eyes of referees past and present, as well as the broader footballing world. So today is a really special episode of My Life on the Line. It's our 30th episode and one year since we started the podcast a year ago. Big 3-0, Jack. It's been an amazing journey and I cannot wait to reflect on this with you and a very special guest. A special guest indeed. It is someone who you have heard from before. He's a bit of a legend in the ref coach community and we're delighted that he has come back to join us tonight for this special 30th birthday episode. And that is the one and only Benji Batten. With Benji, in this episode, we go back and look at the journey that creating this podcast was. We talk about the lesson we learned and all the amazing people that we were lucky to meet. We have a great evening reflecting on everything that's been over the last year and we think about the key lessons we've learned and we come up with, we're just really, really grateful and thankful to all of our guests and especially you, the listeners, who we wouldn't be here without. Let's get on with the show. I recommend a on-field review. Stop it, stop it, stop it! So here we are, episode number 30 of My Life on the Line. Great to be here, boys. Ale and Benji, he's back. Special guest for the day, Benji. You all thought you got rid of me. Alas, no, it wasn't quite that easy. Um, very lucky, very grateful to be back here for one final episode for me on My Life on the Line. I'm not sure how you guys survived without me. <laughs> Benji, you said, well. Benji, you said it was final when you left and, uh, and, and here you are back with us. Well, for so. those who are like, for an Australian listeners, like John Farnham, it says like a last time, the farewell tour... <laughs> And it's, I'm sure many referees say, oh, I'm retiring, and then the next season re-emerge. So, <laughs> it's like the Rolling Stones, like man, a bit more international. They, they've they had so many final tours. The seventh farewell tour. <laughs> so welcome to Ref Coach, the farewell <laughs> tour. <laughs> no, Benji, it's great to have you back. So obviously, this is the 30th, 30th episode today. And you're a big part of oh, probably 26 plus of those episodes. So it was only very yeah. recently and... Um, actually, do you want to take a moment, Benji, just to tell everyone why you've kind of uh, moved on into doing some different things? Absolutely. So we were doing uh, Ref Coach and My Life on the Line throughout 2020, and lucky enough this year, 2021, I was able to start graduate school. So started studying up uh, law school this year, so it's been keeping me nice and busy and nice and occupied. So I've left it in the much more capable and talented hands of Ale and Jack to keep the story rolling, but it was an absolute pleasure. It was probably my highlight of 2020, getting this going and being a part of something. Uh, if we were recording first thing in the morning, maybe 6.30, 7 o'clock sometimes, <laughs> yeah. before we'd start work at 9 o'clock, that was a, something to get up for in the morning. It was very exciting, yeah. and we'd record an episode, and that was the excitement of the day. I was buzzing for the rest of it, or the flip side, if we were recording the flip side of the time zone, because we've got so many international guests we were recording at maybe 9 or 10 p.m. Melbourne time, something to get through the working day, something exciting, doing a bit of research and preparing for what you're going to say for the recording that night. So it was an absolute pleasure, and it's very surreal now to be recording in person because so many of these episodes we were recording through Zoom, and we had the the, the physical uh, camera on the, on the screen in Zoom that I was looking at you guys, and then separately we're trying to madly type yeah. away. So it's very different now to be just kind of spitballing it. It's a totally different style. Uh, but yeah, awesome to be back, and I'm really looking forward to discussing 
the grand journey of the My Life on the Line podcast from the past year. I bet it was a highlight for 2020, consider you probably could spend only a month of it uh, outside, the rest <laughs> was stuck at home doing this. Uh, we were, you know, before we get into the pod, it, we were very lucky to have this. I think it really kept the three of us going yeah. and motivated and, and gave us, um, like Benji said, something to look forward to each day when, when every day blurred into one became very repetitive yeah. in this crazy lockdown, this crazy last year or 18 months that the world has, has gone through. And we spoke to guests who were all over the world, but basically in the same boat as us. Here's me in my room, haven't really left it too much. Yeah. Uh, some referees, though, were the ones going out being the referees through the pandemic, and mm. they would go out, and it was really interesting to hear their stories of going out and doing their one game and maybe having to get a COVID test before and after the game and seeing what the, the how the world is managing the pandemic very differently as we still try to keep football rolling on and how, as referees, we were involved. And now we're back out on the park here in Melbourne in Australia, um, but we're still seeing it, it go on all throughout the world. So it was, it was really something special to be part of last year and now beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Think about Tori. Tori yeah. Benson, oh, when, I was gonna say when we got on the phone with her, she had in the background about 10 boxes full of COVID tests because apparently each state has a different one and she would have to test herself on Zoom the self, with a nurse. The self-administered yeah. COVID self-administered test. Yeah, self-administered Okay, in Nesbitt, when we spoke to her, she was self-isolating yeah. after coming back from the CONCACAF Champions League final. Lots of different experience from all around the world. Or John Westbrook, when we spoke to him when he was in the MLS bubble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and obviously Tori went through the same, but with the, uh, the NWSL, NWSL bubble. Yeah. yeah, pretty pretty amazing what the footballing world has gone through to to keep football going. You know, the stories we've just seen and or just chatted about from the MLS from America, and then you think about what the UK has gone through. You know, football was paused, and then they got football back on its feet uh, with no crowds, and then... You know, here in Australia, we're, we're so lucky that for the last couple of months, we've been really ahead of the world with having football back, crowds back, sport back. You know, the AFL had 75,000 at the MCG a few weeks ago. That yeah. was just, well, it was completely normal until a year ago. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, finally, it's good to see the world catching up with the US starting having crowds again. Uh, FA Cup final with the yep. spectators just yesterday at the time of recording, obviously. And all these other countries planning to do the same. So it'll be great because football without fans, it's not, it's not the same. Just that simple. And as referees, we we feel it as well. As we talked about as well in one of the podcasts with uh, Sir Carrington. So, Benj, as you said, it is great to have you back. And as we touched on just now, this is the 30th episode. And I think later this week will be one the one-year anniversary since the first release of my life on the line and and as we said what a year it's been for the world not just for ref coach and my life on the line but but what a year everywhere for everyone i think it's or for me it's really special to look back and reflect on how far the podcast has come and i know we were joking about this before we got on air boys and ally you made the joke about how the first podcast you recorded you were in your <laughs> in my cupboard yeah. to try and get the sound quality right yeah and i had blankets attached to the top falling behind me and i had my beer in the in the in the socks drawer so it wouldn't fall and the laptop on my on my on my legs it was just ridiculous and i'm pretty sure my wife thought i was crazy whilst <laughs> she came in the bedroom and all she could see was the the cupboard open and me inside it she could see a chair she's like you do you, whatever. <laughs> I can remember trying to 
pushed to the back corner of the house to, to try and be as far away from as possible. <laughs> from your brother. Because we had a, a music concert going on in the other room. My brother was live streaming a music show every Wednesday night, which was when we were recording. And I was trying to record this podcast at the back corner of the house and the sound was coming in. and It was quite a mess before we, we really got switched on. I can remember that first podcast. And we were talking a little bit about what we talk about, but it was a real just... Let's just turn it on and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, well, I'd like to think we, we've come on leaps and bounds since then. It's definitely more enjoyable that it's become more structured, more defined. And, uh, and we've improved as well, leading conversations and so. getting to know people. But it's also been, I think, big merit to the people we've had on, yeah. on the show. And they've been... Some of them, we didn't even have to lead the conversation. If you think about Greg or Tori... Or Christina, like ninety nine percent of our guests, it was just harder to stop them and keep them within the hour of recording, which was great because they will to share their passion and their love. It just you could feel it through the audio afterwards, which is just the best outcome we could have ever hoped for for this podcast. I think. Yeah, the, for me, the best episodes are the one where. We talk the least. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, no one wants to listen to me with my <laughs> funny accents. So. We're just kind of battling. We have this list of questions that we want to get through. And we ask the first question and suddenly it's 35 minutes into the podcast and we go, we're talking and we go, no, 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 we have to just stop them. We just go, excuse me, do you mind just stopping there? We have, we want to ask you about something else. <laughs> so trying to get that all in. But those are the best and those are the ones where you end up smiling so much afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember... You know, one of the early ones we have with, with Derek and, and mm. he just comes on and you just hear this voice that, you know, you've grown up playing FIFA or watching the Champions League and, and you recognise Derek's voice and all of a sudden he's there, albeit um, over in the United States, but he's there on the screen, we're talking to him. It was a real surreal moment early on in, in the podcast, that's for sure. The best thing out of it for me was, as Jack knows, I've always been very sceptical about people, but... This podcast restore humanity, faith in humanity, because people have been so nice. Yeah, these guys have just given up their time to come and chat to us. Yeah, three no ones from Australia. Yeah, and they just said, "Yeah, let's get on this. Let's do this show and talk about what we love." And you are in different continents, different countries, different age groups, different experience, but they share the same shared passion and the will to share it with everyone, as many people as you can. Yeah. That's just been so wholesome for me. Yeah. And that's been one of the biggest motivators for it. The fulfillment I got personally from connecting with these people and feeding off their passion and their love for refereeing. And it's just been outstanding. And it's just, if there's one thing I'm grateful for, it's that. Yeah. And I think that's something LA that has linked all of our guests. Not in that all guests have loved refereeing because that's what's been great and fascinating and allowed us to learn so much is that we've had people with completely different perspectives but those themes which i know we'll touch on throughout this podcast but the themes have been really really similar through all the guests and uh, so refreshing refreshing makes it sound like i'd lost faith in humanity that's not true you know me that's not true (laughs) at all yeah but you guys have been seen in the game both refereeing you were doing your games every week jack and ella you were assessing each week so being that involved in our footballing world here in Melbourne, in Australia, to have and look up and see that bigger picture of all the people involved in the game and doing the same things around the world gave us a lot of a lot of confidence, a lot of excitement to see that there were other people who had the same shared passion and values as us. Mm-hmm.
A year of my life at the line, lots of episodes, 30 episodes in. Now, the question I have for you guys is, if there was one lesson, and you're talking to your mates at the pub, and you're telling them about this podcast, this amazing podcast with so many cool people coming on, and you and they ask you, what is one thing you've learned, and one thing that you, you've taken away from all the conversation you had that sticks to your mind straight away? What is it? The first one for me, and this is more holistic about the podcast rather than from an individual guest, but it's the the fact of just taking a risk, getting out of your comfort zone, putting yourselves out there and doing something. And sometimes it will go really well and, and sometimes it won't. And we've been lucky that this podcast has gone really well, but I think, not I think, I remember when Ale first floated this idea. You were not keen. Nah, I wasn't keen. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was a good idea. I didn't think people would listen. I didn't think people were interested. And I gave those reasons, but, you know, and I think they were the reasons, but maybe there was things deeper going, what if people don't like me? What if people don't listen to me? What if people think I'm not a good speaker? And obviously this ties into a lot of themes and lessons we've learned from the podcast, so I don't want to go through every single one of them, but that key lesson there for me is is get out of your comfort zone do something different if you're not sure about it just try it um and and that i think that lesson has been a really good experience for me and it's something you can take and apply to so many different facets of your life whether it be work relationships friendship relationships um, family relationships um really anything if your life's getting stuck in some kind of rut we're so okay you have the power to change it you can do something about it just roll the dice if it works it works if you've got a positive attitude and make the most of the situation then good things will come of it you know everything happens for a reason there um and i like to think you know la pushing me about this podcast and pushing me over the line and benji coming on board and you know it happened for a reason and we look on now a year on, I don't think any of us thought it would get to this stage. But for me, Ali, that's that's probably the one of the biggest things is just don't be afraid to try something new. That's amazing. I actually never realised that there was a case with you, but I'm glad then that I pushed. But it's so true. Like at the beginning, I one of my my arguments as to why doing this is like well. My mum probably will listen to it. <laughs> well, it turns out she doesn't really understand us when we speak because we go too fast. So she actually is not listening to it, but we have a lot more people. <laughs> even you even you in English, she struggles to understand with your Italian accent. Yeah, I still go a lot a lot faster than uh, than what uh, yeah. an Italian that doesn't speak English daily yeah. could understand. Because that's the thing, obviously. Yeah. Back in, uh, back in good old Milan. Interesting. So it's... I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad because... I mean, and I totally get it. One of my f- bi- biggest fears when we started this is, is are people going to understand me? And I remember when I did the first editing of the first podcast, I looked again at my wife. I'm like, <laughs> how do you actually understand me? How did we get married? How did you know that that was actually happening? <laughs> I'm like, did, did, did you think that maybe I was like selling you to someone or there was something? In- how do you understand me day in, day out? But I mean, and I felt I've improved a lot from their perspective as well. Yeah. Which is- you definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. It's been really good for that. My jump in moment, I think I was happy enough speaking and getting my little 
sort of third man in chime in. You know, in football, we talk about the two guys that go in for a mass confrontation, and then there's the third man in that you got to uh, try and give a yellow card to. I was like the third man in. But for me, I think cold messaging and, and following your lead, Ali, to reach out to guests to bring them onto the show was something that I was very nervous about and was very, very scared of just randomly messaging people on Twitter or LinkedIn to say, come onto the show. And um, being able to follow your, your templates and your guidance and being able to set that up, the feeling was so satisfying when you could meet those guests and bring them onto the show and be able to help tell their story. This really makes me think of something we discussed with Tori in a podcast. And she mentioned how she and her husband, an MLS referee as well, they have this mentality of just lean in, yeah. do it, and then we'll work it out later. Yeah. And it feels like there's a big parallel here because we leaned in, we did it, and at some stage, we, well, we're probably still trying to work it out. <laughs> but that mentality of, I'm just going to lean in and do it. Was, it. It, was, it was Just say yes. Lean just in. Just say yes. Lean yes. in, say yes first, and work out the details later. Yeah, and that's literally it. That's it. Sometimes you can probably apply that mindset to refereeing as well because the first yeah. time you're going to referee, you got no idea what you're doing. And mm. if you're saying the contrary, I'm sorry about your line. <laughs> even 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 Webb Hubbard said it in his podcast. He's like, yeah, I got about six hand checks from parents, but let's be honest, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and, and no one does because it's such a different thing. You, you don't learn it at school. You, you learn it by doing. But you have to have the mentality of doing it. Mm. Just Try. Yes, you fail, you learn, and you'll get better. It's worth in refereeing, and it's, it works in life. Yeah. It's just so powerful to me. And hearing from Tori, which was the first woman to referee in the MLS in 20 years' time. Well, and now um, she's just become the first female to yes. referee a male game in the CONCACAF level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at how many, to, to put in her word, how many sh- ceilings she's been shattering, breaking. Yeah. yeah. You need to do it. And then you work it out. But sometimes it's all about just giving it a go. Yeah, just saying yes to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) For me, and maybe it's because I'm a bit of a sentimental, but I loved the the gratefulness and that I could get through all the people that we talked to. Uh, On top of them, Carol Ann, I mean, with a life experience, but also with, with a refereeing experience. For me, she, the way she talks about life and refereeing, it was just outstanding. I, I did love talking to her and getting to know her a little bit better. For me, she's such a mindset champion. Yeah, and that's that's a phrase we use, wasn't it? She's yeah. She's a mindset champion. And she is because, the, you know, the way she put it, I remember when she was saying that when you referee that... Olympic final, the World Cup final, that's not the reward for that tournament or for being a good referee. It's the reward for all the hard work you've put in, all the time that you, you're you training on your own in the cold, in the rain, when you go out and go the extra mile to learn that extra thing and you just give up that Saturday night going out with your friends when you're, when you're a teenager just to go uh, because you have a, a game in, on the Sunday morning. It's, it, it's that relationships that maybe you you don't look after as much because you're traveling all over the world is having to be away from your family, from, from the ones you love because you have to go and do a, an under 19s and under 17 and under 20s tournament. And yes, it's hard work, but the, the rewards for it and being able to do that, considering that if we look at 
obviously how many referees there are in the world and how many actually get to that point. Mm. That was so uh, impressive for me. And they came across through so many conversations we had with Howard. When we talked to yeah. Howard, he was just so grateful about his assistants, his team, his family. Yeah. He, he, he never said once in the podcast, I... I did this. Yeah. I was good. I. He always said I was lucky. That's the only time he said I. I was lucky. My date of birth somehow coincided with Darren Khan and Mike Malarkey. That's that's the way he's always looked at his career, at his life. He said I was lucky to have people around me that supported me. Uh, and he thanked those people. You know, they talked yeah. about before. I can't remember if it was every major tournament or, yes. or big, every, every major tournament they'd have a going away party and you think oh going away party is to celebrate them and no it wasn't to celebrate um, Howard, Darren and Mike and their achievements it was to say thank you to the people in their lives who had supported them and sacrificed so much to allow them to achieve their goals like, it's just flicking that switch is, oh, it's so powerful I, isn't it and, and it's all well and good people say it and people want to be perceived like that but then to actually live it and breathe it and do it is a whole different kettle of fish and i i admire that so so much yeah and you could see it as we were saying before getting to know these people these these amazing people every time we recorded a podcast with basically all of them really but how many times we struggled to stay within the time of recording because they were just so grateful to be able to share their experience with us and this their message their story going out to other referees and maybe if even maybe we just managed to inspire one person with all this whole podcast to be a referee or to become a referee or, or to put more effort into it or to love it more that's just such a great achievement and it's amazing seeing seeing them all because when you could pick anyone that we talk to or Katie Christina Ankle uh, Greg Barkey Vicky Allen from Scotland, Prophet Allen Cadet from Scotland. Everyone, they, they, they all, you can hear, you can feel it when they talk to you about what they do. And you can tell it's just, it fulfills them. Yeah, they just ooze this passion, don't they? Yeah, it was, it's just so powerful. Literally, for me, it was a massive motivator going back into this season when we came out of lockdown. Why do I have to go on five o'clock, at five o'clock on a Saturday night, freezing my, my, my ass off? Uh, at a stadium watching a referee for peanuts why do I have to do it because I love it yeah and I would not exchange that for not for many things mm. it's just like and when I think about me there and I'm, I get so grateful for the fact that I can do it yeah and I love what I'm doing and I think about all these people that have achieved so much more than I have and I feel connected to them because I feel we have the same gratefulness we have the same spirit. We loved this thing because it's not a sport referee and it's something different. It's, yeah. a, it's a discipline if you want to give it a category. Yeah. But it's just so different from any other thing you can do. It just... You feel part of this family and you're grateful for the fact that, yeah, maybe you don't have a team, an actual 11 men or women team when you go out and play. You don't win, you don't lose. But you do have a family. Yeah, It's just... It, it's just so powerful. It makes me so literally so happy just thinking about it. I think that's so exemplified when we spoke to Simon Lount and he took us on oh, his yeah. journey yeah. from the start of his refereeing career. The there, was that, there was that moment in that podcast and I remember it so clearly was when we just asked him, let's go back to, you know, standing in the tunnel in Germany after everything to get there and and what what was going through your head. And that question was like opening up a door 
And it was like he just opened this door, let us in, and just took us on this incredible journey, Benj, that you just mentioned to of everything that was underneath to allow him to be to be at that moment. And we could understand and resonate as yeah. referees ourselves. And even though we didn't get to the World Cup in Russia, it was like we were there with yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. It was just another amazing example of that gratitude. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, I'm grateful to his partner or his, his yeah, partner his wife, or his wife. yeah. Um, he just, you know, his reflections, I couldn't have been there without her. She wasn't the one standing there. Yeah. But she and other people in his family, of course, were the ones that helped lift him up to get to that point. So, Benji, now it's your turn. What What is something for you from the podcast? I think my biggest takeaway, it's quite an isolated one from one episode, but I think it, it speaks a lot more to life outside of refereeing and then bring it full circle to a lot of our other guests and how they've been able to achieve so much. Um, the takeaway was from when we spoke to Daniel Diamond, a sports psychologist, and he spoke about the key qualities of a referee, and I think they also apply to the key qualities of a person. He spoke about reliability, credibility, and intimacy, or, or forming good relationships, but he stressed that uh, a quality that was not part of a, a, a great referee or as part of the, the best referee, you didn't need perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, perfection is not a quality of a referee who is performing at the highest level. You don't need it. And I think that's something that applies beyond the refereeing setting into life, that you can't do everything perfectly. No matter how hard you try, no matter doing all these mindset, uh, practicing all the mindset principles, practicing the best practice of getting your preparation right, of doing the right things, it still won't always be perfect. And whether that's in refereeing or in life, and I approach with a bit of a mindset of sometimes done is better than perfect. Getting it done and doing your job to the best of your ability is all you can do. And perfection isn't what's needed. It's the same with our with our podcast. We get the episodes done. We get the episodes out. Sorry, we think they're perfect, but you might not. So <laughs> Actually, but, I challenge that. We definitely don't think they're perfect. Oh, no. <laughs> I am. I'm the worst. I just, you you know I'm a perfectionist, and it's probably my my, my worst my worst defect. You, you could spend hours and hours and hours editing each individual podcast, days trying to get them perfect. But the energy is yeah. something that could be spent far in far better ways. Yeah, that's exactly what Caroline Chanel was saying. Saying put the effort and energy into the places that can make a difference. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a great lesson, Benji. And Daniel was such an amazing guest and they had so many good pills and bites that I still use to the day even when I do my coaching my favorite out of that was when he said that sports is a game of incomplete information yeah that was just for me I just had this aha moment where I went oh that's just so powerful yeah when he said you know you are the one there you know the laws you are supposed to obviously have the best position in the best view and you see the a challenge happening you know what's happened. You are there two meters away. You have all the information. Play, players on the bench, coaches, fans, they just see it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And they have this bias. And obviously for them, when you give a decision against them, there's this betrayal of expectations. Which, it's, which is a natural bias. Which is a natural <laughs> yeah. bias. It's, nothing, it's, it's why football is amazing, why yeah. there's rivalries. But they don't have all the information that you have. And that's, that's obvious that they're going to complain and they're going to say that you made the wrong decision because they don't have all the information you have, which 
for me, it was just so eye-opening because mm. I'm like, oh, this is so true. This just puts all the dissent, all the criticism in such a different perspective. Yeah. It's totally under a different light. Yeah, and it's it's really powerful. Like, if you can truly understand and have that thought and mindset when you're refereeing, it really makes, or for me, it just changes things. You know, you got to... When you've made a decision at one end and you've got the centre back screaming at you, it just allows you to think, you don't know what's going on. I've got much more information than you did. All you're trying to do is make a scene or put pressure on me. And once you can separate that thought in your mind, and if you're able to do that on the pitch, it, I found it becomes incredibly powerful because you, their mind games impact you less because you go, I'm not phased by what you're doing. I know I've seen what I'm doing, and obviously. There needs to be self-confidence yeah. behind that or a serious amount of bluffing, <laughs> um, like the game of poker. Like the game of poker. But it, it just really allows you to focus on what you need to go and go, no, you don't have that information. I do. And obviously, as referees, we have to deal with it in certain ways as well. But it just gives you the ability to have that clarity of mind and focus on what's really important at that moment, I think. Yeah. And that's a theme that came up in another few interviews we did, for example, Stuart Carrington, which I mentioned before, he his whole book, mm. his whole research, started based on do referees get influenced by home crowds mm. and do their decisions change based on the home crowds, which is interesting because ultimately his, res- his, his research showed that, well, actually, not really. It's There are, there are a lot of different things that influence referees and, and teams, but ultimately referees just do the job as, as, as at, at their best. But also, when we talked about expectation, and Jack, you know, this is one of my favorite topics, makes me think about uh, when we talked to Ben Crow, which we talked about how the dissent, the, the, the hatred towards the referees on social and on television, it's all about these expectations that, people have their parents have on their kids to be the best players on the park and when that doesn't happen when they when there is this betrayal of expectations to go back to Daniel it's people what do they do do they just think oh my kid is not good enough Mm. no the referee made something wrong against me and my team lost and that's worth for a parent watching a kid play and that's worth for you watching your team play when I'm watching Inter if we lose I go well I mean, because I'm a referee, I have a, a bit of a different perspective. But a supporter, you as a supporter, you watch your team, your team loses, and you start a blaming game. You blame the coach, you blame this player that didn't do everything, you blame then obviously the referee, because those are all the things you cannot control. And again, this theme of controlling what you can from basically every single podcast we did. Yeah. Uh, when you When you start focusing on the things you cannot control, like the referee, that's what you start blaming. It's like saying, well, today's rainy, so I'm sad. Tomorrow's going to be sunny, then I'm going to be happy because, well, that's my expectation. So having this expectation, my team's going to win. When that doesn't happen, you start blaming. And that's what, as referees, we need to to really, really learn. I remember that the three key takeaways from that podcast with Ben was accept there is going to be criticism. Focus on the things you can control and be grateful that you're out on the park refereeing. Which I think if there's three lessons that we've, one way or another, we talked about it in all the podcasts we did. Yeah. There's, if there's one thing we can learn from it, it's literally this, is that 
it's going to happen what it's going to happen. People are going to think about us whatever they want. They're going to hate the persona of the referee. And that's fine. We'll keep going. We're not perfect. Focus on what we can do best. Focus on the way we talk to people, we, the way we run, we position ourselves. And just enjoy the fact that we actually are out there. Yeah. And, you know, Jack and I, you, you, Jack, you and I, we always talk about it from last year, from games from this year. It's like, well, we didn't get to go outside and referee for a whole year. Now, every game, it's just an opportunity to be grateful for it because for how many, for 12 months, there's people that still in a year and a half haven't been able to do it. So how grateful, how cool, how amazing it is that now we are getting back to it. We do still have fall into these old habits, though. Oh, you know, if you and I have had this conversation, like it's all well and good, us three sitting here going, ah, oh, we've learned these brilliant lessons on the podcast and we have to be grateful. In the heat of the moment, in the middle of the game, it's hard. But not even Ben's, like, not just in the game. I'm talking, you know, there was a game where it was maybe six or seven rounds into the season. I, um, I was having a reasonably good season, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't particularly enjoying that season for... Um, for a variety of reasons um, and I remember going to a game it was on a Saturday night and it was cold and it was wet and I was going oh, really not sure about this today you know where's my motivation at and I said that to you Ale and you said exactly what you've just talked through there and you can't just click your fingers and change it but it just gives you a good perspective I think because um, I don't want people to listen and go oh you know, it's right and rosy. We only talk about the good times <laughs> when you apply these life lessons, but it, it it's not. There there is always going to be ups and downs, and your mindset's going to shift up and down, and it's it's hard. Some of these things we've talked about and and that we've learned through this podcast are really really difficult. Okay. As, vulnerability is something we haven't really chatted too much about tonight, but being vulnerable is hard. Putting yourself out there is hard. You know, accepting criticism. As part of vulnerability, it can be really, really hard and challenging. This stuff isn't easy, but I think that's why it's so rewarding and we get so much out of it and listening to people who embody these values while we get so much out of that is because it is not easy. No, not at all. But it, I think it becomes a habit. Yeah, well, uh, habits are built, yeah, right? Yeah. It's one thing on little, 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 little builds up to something really big. And I mean, I can testify because I'm the most impatient person in the world, <laughs> as you guys here with me in the studio know. But it becomes a habit when, and when you surround yourself with people as well that have the same mindset yeah. and can remind you that, hang on a minute, have some perspective. Mm. When that happens, that becomes a lot easier, mm. but it's still going to happen. I still get shitty when things don't go my way, but I've learned now, and it's a choice really you have to make. You need oh, to is, you need to is, embrace yeah. that mindset because it's not just something that happens. You need yeah. to choose. Okay, hang on a minute. Why is this happening? What can I do about it? And yeah, can I do anything about it? Really? For example, I'm pissed yeah. off because it's cold and raining. Okay, can I do anything about it? Ah, uh, you can wear the right clothes. Make sure you you know you're wearing long sleeve instead of short sleeve. But apart from that. There's nothing you can do about it. So what am I choosing? Am I going to choose to let something that I can't control upset me and ruin my night? Or am I going to accept that the weather's not great and get on with it and think about things that I can control? Yeah. It's some said like that sounds so simple. Oh, it's, it's so simple. Sounds so, sounds so simple. simple. But as you said before, Benji, when, they, when it happens, to actually have the strength to go, oh, hang on a minute, hmm. it, it, it takes a lot. And, and we can learn a lot from life, you know, 
Caroline for me it's the biggest example she she's gone through so much not just in refereeing but in life but again when we talked about her cancer she said well my first reaction was well when do we start the treatment yeah she didn't even uh, of course she had some grieving time when that happened because everyone would but her first reaction was well let's get on let's get let's get on with it yeah. let's do what, whatever we can because I want to go to another world cup yeah. and now she's she's in the process of being selected as VAR for the world cup in 2023 and if that's not strength of mind and mindset i mean that's just if that doesn't inspire you i don't know what it will yeah i'm very grateful that we have the opportunity tonight to reflect on some of these lessons because we we learn them once and at the time we think, wow, that's fantastic. And you, you kind of move on. And now putting them all and bringing them together, contrasting um, how many different people we've had, but all saying the same things and, and bringing all those lessons together. I'm very grateful tonight to be able to reflect and remind myself because otherwise after a while, sometimes these messages do get lost and you start yeah. to fall back into old habits. So it's been a great evening tonight being able to uh, celebrate how far we've come and take stock and to remind ourselves of all these great lessons we've learned along the way and can continue to apply going forward. Yeah, that's that's real. We can do. Keep listening to my life on the line so we can learn all these amazing lessons <laughs> so we don't forget about them. But jokes aside, that's, that, that's the, again, the one thing we can control is mm. reminding us of those, those things that can really make not just refereeing but life a bit better. Hey listeners, don't forget that the best way to be involved with the RefCoach community is in the RefCoach Facebook group. Search RefCoach on Facebook for our group. That was really, really enjoyable and it put a smile on my face reflecting on everything we've learned um, as a trio and, and hopefully the lessons we've been able to share with our listeners through the incredible guests we've had on it it got quite deep there you know really yeah, deep into some themes that can really impact people's lives and have obviously impacted impacted our lives but i'd like to move us out of that serious deep zone and move into maybe something a bit more light-hearted and talk about some of our what's the right word for this is we've talked about highlights in in terms of the lessons we've learned but you know some of the funnier maybe more embarrassing <laughs> moments and I think one of the best ones for me um, uh, has been Tegan's mum Karen who has become our <laughs> one of our biggest supporters well, hi, hi Karen by the way thank <laughs> you for listening once again <laughs> she's definitely one of our biggest supporters there's there's no doubt about that but she's also become our uh, critique-in-chief our editor-in-chief uh, someone great to bounce ideas off but um you know, that was a real highlight of this podcast for me was was always having her there to, to, to bounce ideas off, to talk about. She'd always give a perspective that was completely different to usually mine and yours, Ale, yeah. because, you know, it comes from a, a completely different perspective looking at football. But, and that kind of encompasses the support I think all of us have had, like not just Karen, but obviously my mum and families and, and, you know, your mum always listens or tries to listen, Ale, but that has been, you know... Talking about that now puts a real smile on my face. I think it's one of those things I've said to you a few times. It's is refereeing really the coolest thing? And then <laughs> a refereeing podcast. Now that's something I know, right? I mean, we talk we talk about being geeks, uh, but this is like another different level, a whole different level. But it's been it's been outstanding. It's been great fun, and you know, again, uh, 
the, the some of the things we thinking back. I mean, I built a whole scaffolding for when we do, for when we did uh, podcast at home, and a couple of times people commented. And hey, are you in a cave? Ex- explain to the listeners why, <laughs> because people will be listening to this never having seen. Yeah, that. I well, I have very high ceilings at home and uh, really, really poor sound quality, and because I'm obsessed with it, because I do the editing, so I have to deal with all the poor quality and where we were at home. I have. Uh, I just came up. I went to to a local hardware store. I bought some wood, uh, put it all together, and I created a way to put blankets all over me. I had a lamp, uh, flopping from the from the from the top of this thing. And one day we connected on Zoom, and I see Benji and Jack going like, "Ale, where are you? Why is it so dark?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I built a cave." And I can uh, I can only imagine. My wife, she used to like watch television at the same time we would do recordings, which is next to the to the cave, to the tent, and she would see this like black block of blankets and like every now and then shaking because I'd be in there like <laughs> doing all my Italian gestures and all this sort of stuff. I can just imagine how ridiculous it would have looked. I've abandoned it ever since. But then... <laughs> I don't think that's what they meant when they termed the man cave. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a whole different story. <laughs> It would have been the world's smallest man cave. The uh, <laughs> sound cave. The sound cave. Yeah, that, I like that. It's like, it uh, makes me feel like the Batman of podcast. <laughs> it's very scary going onto a podcast, though, doing it all live. And there have been mistakes and bloopers, most of them from me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to think of some of the funniest ones. I mean, oh. some, some are very funny laughing at me, some of them laughing <laughs> with me. I remember recording an episode of the podcast one night and we, we did the episode. We thought, how great was that? We left and we said goodbye to Ale. We recorded, his, we recorded it at his place. And then I get into the car to drive home. Oh, yeah. And the car just doesn't start. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were there for two hours trying to work out why the car wasn't working. The, the, the uh, roadside assistant comes out. At the end, I had to drive you back on because there was no way to start a car. Between that, between... We did an episode with... Um, with Adrian in Gibraltar, and I'd set up the whole uh, podcast, we'd got it all organised, and then my audio was out of sync, and so everything I said for the whole hour was coming in about yeah. five seconds delay. Yeah, oh, the best, your best blooper, Benji, was with Jan from Dutch Referee, and we were <laughs> together for that, and uh, all of a sudden you have to sneeze, and somehow it looks like you're having other heart attack, or someone hit you with a baseball bat on the back of the head, and... You could see Jan from the other side going, "What's is he okay?" <laughs> and Jack and I were just, "Oh God!" And you just left the room where we were at, and we're like, "Okay, we lost Benji." <laughs> and then there was this moment where we just said, "Well, okay." And there's the two of us and Jan having a good old laugh. <laughs> and like, all right, well, we'll uh, we'll just stop the recording for a minute. Ah, <laughs> uh, good, good, good fun, great fun. Ah, uh, and that speaks to the, to. To the personality of all the guests we had, and oh, absolutely! I mean, they they were all happy to share their amazing stories, but at the same time, they had lots of fun doing it. Yeah, well, hopefully they had as much fun as as we did in in recording these conversations with them. Because, yeah, as, as much as we've said, we, we went into some really deep things and got some incredible life lessons. We were so lucky to be able to have, you know, an hour or two of these people's time and have fun with them. And, you know, people who we never would have spoken to. No. Uh, you know, when would we get to sit down with Howard Webb, uh, <laughs> Derek Ray, you know, and everybody who we did the podcast with. We, yeah. We've just been so lucky with the, the people we've been able to speak to. 
One one of the things that I'll never forget is our faces when we were talking to Bill Millenhall, the basketball referee, and casually just brings up that he was refereeing Michael Jordan and uh, yeah and and uh, you know the United States national team at the Olympics in 1992, and he's like, yeah, I'm telling Charles Barkley to come down, <laughs> and it was just our face. You could see like. What are we doing? Like, what is going on here? This is very unexpected. It was just like, one, that's almost childish joy. Yeah. Be like, oh, you know, when you're just so blase about it. Oh, yeah, when yeah. I was refereeing Michael Jordan. Yeah, it was like, like, like it's what? something everybody does. It's like, what? <laughs> I, all, all I did with Michael Jordan was buying his tops when I was uh, playing basketball. Like, you refereed him? Was like, oh, it was great. Some great, great experiences there. So, boys. That was it, the 30th episode, um, and it was just an incredible opportunity to reflect back on what we've learned, how lucky we've been, and you know, I think we'll all agree how grateful we are that we've been able to spend the last year or last 30 episodes of this podcast yeah. just learning, meeting incredible people. It's just been out of this world, and Benji, it's been a pleasure a genuine pleasure to have you back on tonight. It's been really, really good. Thank you for, for rejoining us. And not oh, on Zoom. And not on Zoom. It has been so much fun. The whole experience of doing the podcast has been so much fun. And I'm so indebted and thankful to both of you for bringing me on to this project last year. It was the absolute highlight of my year. And it has been a pleasure to be a part of it from day one and to get it to this point. And I am I have full confidence it is in much better hands than your, your <laughs> duo going forward. So... It has been really nice to be able to come off and close it out this way. So wrapping it all up, I think it's important to say a massive thank you to, to two groups of people who this podcast just simply wouldn't exist without. And, and first of all, that's the guests. Thank you to the incredible guests we've had for giving up their time and letting us into their lives and, and really opening up and, and being vulnerable with us and allowing us to learn from their incredible experiences and then the final thank you simply goes to every single person who listens to this podcast each week. We always joke about, we always thought Ale's mum would be the only person to <laughs> listen to this podcast. Turns out there's been a, a few more people, which has been brilliant. It's surpassed any of our expectations. We, we're so indebted to all of you. We're, we're, we're truly grateful that each week you spend 45 minutes or an hour of your time um, being involved in rest coaching. Thank you to the broader ref coach community. I think boys that you know they've just been amazing. The podcast has been great, but everything we've done with the community has just been outstanding. It's we've been, been so lucky. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey, and hopefully we'll go on for for a lot longer. Yeah, absolutely. So, boys, thanks for joining us all for the thirtieth episode. It's been a pleasure. Big three R. Until and next time, happy ref coaching. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Ben. <laughs>